Good morning. Uh, this morning's uh, piece is entitled, Strangely, The Task That Lies Before Us. I was reading a fellow, uh, I was reading a piece from way back in the 80s this morning and uh, came across a couple of paragraphs that I'd like to look at together. And uh, I think it, I think there's some, one particular thing that's particularly interesting. There's a lot in it actually, but I want to I want to read through it. I want to unpack a couple of elements of it, and then kind of get to my the main point of why I even uh, talking about this. So it's preached work. It's a, it's a religious discourse, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna read it in its own language. Language has changed a lot since the '80s, and so you may recognize different assumptions. Uh, in the use of language, but I'll get into those. But first I want to read this. It's where the part I read anyway. There are many people living in our world today, but most of them are standing in the fallen realm rather than in the realm of God. I'm going to talk about the, that terminology in a second. He goes on to say, there are different divisions within this fallen realm, such as community, nation, and world. That's one set, of, one set of demographic breakdown there. Then goes on. The people are divided not only into north, south, east, and west, second, set, second demographic breakdown, but also into five colors of skin, third demographic breakdown. So four actually altogether. Realm, fallen realm, realm of God, uh, community, nation, and world, by size, by smallness to bigness. By cardinal points, uh, basically, these are extremely different cultures. Five colors of skin, that's the fourth. And finally, there's also a major division, and he used the word, between Oriental and Occidental. Oriental fell out of use, uh, you would say, between Asian culture and Western culture, or something like that. That's the fifth. So, okay, the principle, and then, then he goes on to say, the principal thing that everyone doing, everyone is doing is fighting among ourselves. Furthermore, they do not know where they're heading or what their exact goal or purpose is. Our world is not heading toward hopefulness and the ideal, therefore rather toward decline and disaster. So I interrupted uh, to, to take a note on language. Let me read this all real quick. There are many people living in the world today, but most of them are standing in the fallen realm rather than the realm of God. There are different divisions within this fallen realm, such as community, nation, and world. The people are divided not only into north, south, east, and west, but also into five different colors of skin. There is also a major division between oriental and occidental. The principal thing that everyone doing is, is doing is fighting among themselves. Furthermore, they do not know where they are heading or their exact goal or purpose. Our world is not headed toward hopefulness and the ideal, but rather toward decline and disaster. So that's the whole thing, uninterrupted by my comments. So, so on the matter of the fallen realm and the realm of God, I'd like to point out that uh, people that, would, that tend to reject religion or religious language uh, should not fail to note that every single person alive has these categories operating in their lives. From the most hardcore atheist all the way to, say, the Catholic that goes wakes up early to goes to math at mass every day before going to work, 
basically you have a world that is on the side of good and the world that's in the fallen realm, the world that needs repair, the world, the part of the world that's broken, the part of the world where people are not right. And there's no one, no one who lives in a world that is an exception to living in these basic categories, the most, the most obvious of which were originally always known to be spiritual and religious categories. But in the era of the decline of religion, people think that they're independent of these binaries, which we absolutely are not. If we take the issue of the day, racism, then you will have, it doesn't, you will have, you can have a person that's throwing bombs into police stations and they have a realm of God and a realm of the fallen realm. And the realm of the fallen realm are racists and the realm of God are non-racists, probably themselves, probably and their colleagues probably, the, the warriors and crusaders for the, I don't know exactly what, radical egalitarianism, uh, I haven't been able to get my mind around the whole ideology there, but there are people who are passable, there are people who are passable, at least themselves, and, uh, and I guess if a mayor paints a street, that, that, that mayor may be passable in the realm of God for that particular moment anyway at least, um, and there are people in the fallen realm. So these bina binaries of God's realm and Satan's realm or fallen realm, whatever, they obtain regardless of the individual. People just put, have different type of assessment of what falls into one side or one category or the other. The insightfulness, and I, would, I don't know about genius, but the, the insightfulness of this speaker instantly observes that that inside this entire fallen realm, there are further subdivisions. There's, there's community, nation, and world. Excellent observation. We, op we operate in small units, large units, and global level units. The, the behavior of each of these entities, while similar, is distinct uh, purely due to the size of the entities operating. So for somebody who, for somebody who's like, nasty all the time and, and, and cruel to their family and, th and hates their parents and, but somehow f thinks that only multinationals are bad. They're failing to, we're failing to see the link between, between community, nation, and wor world. People get distracted by the size of things. So that it's all right, it's all right for me to cut a friend out of a deal and make a little more money myself but Bezos is bad because he's gigantic. So this, so this immediate observation of uh, community, nation, and world is very important when trying to gain a grip on understanding and working our way through the world well. The next observation of this, of this speaker says that this fallen realm is also divided into north, south, east, and west, and into five different skin colors, and into a major division between what we might, would call today, say, Asian culture and Western culture. So the North, South, East, West thing, certainly the North, South thing, has a lot to do with the nature of cultures and civilizations. Even in Europe, if you look at Northern European civilizations, say the Scandinavia or Mediterranean civilizations of Greece and Italy, or you go big, you go from... You go from uh, from uh, the Nordic Nordic cultures all the way down to, say, Sao Paulo, Brazil, 
so this the these points north south east west are very significant and and a radical one honestly is uh, a radical one honestly is occidental and oriental or what or western and asian because the cultural bases and assumptions there in these two groups are enormous. Um, uh, and actually, they're very harmonious. I mean, they get along, they can get along well, but there's a massive, uh, found a massive opportunity for misunderstanding because people are operating on general assumptions, just assumptions, and things that they would never dream to explain that are completely opposite from how our counterparts uh, see the world and uh, life in the world. The, the second half of the paragraph, it says, and the principal thing everybody is doing is fighting among ourselves. I reject that a little bit. I do not think that, that well, maybe it is the principal thing. That might be true. But uh, it's not the only thing, that's for sure. And there's a tremendous amount, a tremendous amount of good going on in the world. I think it's typical of religious discourse to, to kind of start out describing things as hopelessly lost and then come up with a magical solution. For example, Jesus saves or whatever it might be, uh, eat only vegetables or eat only things made out of, I don't know, stuff from the sea or you know, whatever your final conclusion is how to save the world. So, so um, it's, true, it's true that there's a tremendous amount of fighting and it's true that there's a tremendous amount of fighting along the divisions he identifies. But then what he says, Furthermore, they don't know where they're heading and they don't know their exact goal or purpose. That, to me, is inarguable. So I, I might be able to reject the religious trickery, like, oh, there's nothing but bad, nothing but bad, and so get on your knees. And Okay, there's a little bit, a little bit to be argued there. But that any human being or collection or group of human beings is clear about the purpose of what we're doing here and where we're going and what our purpose is, that is definitely an accurate observation. There, I find no one with uh, a clear grasp of what our exactly what our collective purpose is, and people without a goal or purpose are you know, basically you're lost. You don't know where you're headed, and that's a true fact. That's a true fact. Um, so we pick sub goals. Oh, I'm going to care for my family. That's my goal. My whole life is that goal. I work hard. I work sacrificially. So the sub goals are good enough on certain levels, uh, and then goals can be bad too, that's unfortunate, that goal to make as much money as I possibly can, or even worse, you know, who knows, but um, that's really absent, and so he says, our world is not headed toward hopefulness and the ideal, but rather toward decline and disaster. Again, it's a little exaggerated for me, a tiny touch exaggerated for me, but in a certain way, true. If 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 you feel our world, if you feel daily life, it feels quite nice. Most people, most people are nice. Even people who are out kind of doing great harm in the world right now, they go home to their friends and they're happy. Um, they're happy. They're happy that they, um, I don't know, lit a building on fire. They did good. They planned it. They pulled it off. And... Uh, um, so close, close life is not a world that feels full of hopelessness, and, but on the big scale that anybody knows clearly where we're going and that there's any hope to end the fighting, um, 
that really that really does accurately uh, challenge the prospect that we're headed toward a hopeful or ideal world. We're mostly working in interims, quite honestly. I'm getting here now to the point, the main point of why I'm doing this at all this morning, and we'll be concluding pretty quick. Uh, so, our world is not headed toward hopefulness in the ideal. In a certain way, that's true. It doesn't even know where it's heading or why, but rather toward decline and disaster. Nah, mm, uh, a little exaggerated by me, but in the absence of knowing where you're going, at least you can give it a mildly negative description. Next, next it reads, That phenomenon persists not only in Asia, but also in the West. Because of such problems, people cannot feel hope in the world. Who can be responsible for the world? That's the line, that's the line that caught my interest, and that's the main thing I want to uh, look at in the context of what I've just presented. Okay, so you get this world, you get this world that definitely has a fallen realm, no matter who you are, whether you're, whether you're the Pope or whether you are in charge of buying gasolines to burn down police stations. It doesn't matter who you are, you have God's side and evil side, uh, by whatever name. Then you have all these breakdowns. You have, uh, you have breakdown by size. Are we talking about community? Are we talking about nation? Or These are significant. The impact of the, of the interrelationality based on size is very important. Then you have the cardinal points. You have the cultures and civilizations that grew up probably in, in large part, maybe very much due to external environmental impact. But then the cultures of the north, cultures of the south, and then you have the, the Asian and Western basic worldviews and viewpoints. The, um, and, and you have finally at least the one, tr you, you do have a lot of fighting, you have a lot of fighting, uh, and, and for sure we don't have a clear view of where we're going. In response to all of these things, the speaker says, who can be responsible for the world? This is a tricky, this is a tricky matter because there is a side of being human in which we are meant, we are in a certain way forbidden, in fact, to simply follow a single individual and do nothing else. So if a person showed up and said, I can tell you why we're here, I can tell you where we're going, I can tell you how to stop fighting, I am responsible for the world. That would be, it would be enormously attractive at that point to say, ah, thank God, I will just follow whatever this person says, tells me to do. I will organize how this person tells me to organize. I will think how this person tells me to think because I myself could, was not able to figure out how to stop people from fighting. I myself was not able to identify why we're here and where we're going and why. And so who can be responsible for the world in a certain way? We desperately long to find such an individual and in a certain 
absolute eternal way. We are never meant to abandon our personal God-given responsibility to perfect ourselves and to be independent thinkers, creative thinkers, personally responsible. I can't, I can't finally say, if someone says to me, you did this and 40 people died, I can't say, oh, I was just following the person who's responsible for the world. It's their fault. It's, it, all of the consequences of our actions are nobody's fault but my fault. And so this is, a, this is a paradoxical question, and this is what I want to try to resolve for us, and I'll conclude. At the end of the day, that is the task that lies before me. In a, in, in a paradoxical way, or in, uh, as I said at the outset, strangely the task that lies before us is to be responsible for the world. These are the things the world needs. These are the things that everybody needs. These are the things that every single person I meet needs. Everybody I meet needs to know how to stop the fighting. Everybody I meet needs to know what we're doing here and why and how to get where we should go. The only thing that I should be doing in all of my encounters is providing hope for this world in the, pa in the sentence before. Because of such pe pro problems, people cannot feel hope for this world. Who can be responsible for this world? So the struggle of my life is to try to find out where we're going and why, and to try to find out how to stop the fighting. Now, there may be one person who shows up who um, does know these two things, possibly, or two people that show up who does know these two things. If so, it's my job to study from these people closely, but I can't, I can't just abandon my job because they're not going to meet the bus driver I meet today. They're not going to meet the guy who, from whom I buy my ice cream cone today, they're not going to meet my wife every morning of every day. So, so it's my job on those occasions to, to quote-unquote, be responsible for the world, to give people hope, which is where we're going and why, how to stop the fighting. So I struggle every day to get a hold of these things, what are, where we're going and why, and how to stop the fighting. And in a certain way, in a weird way, Mr. Nobody, Mr. Little Me, is in a certain way responsible for the world, at least responsible for the world that I will encounter today. And if there's somebody, somebody who's truly responsible for the world and in fact knows where we're going and why and in fact knows how to stop fighting, it's my job to get to learn everything I can, to test it, to be sure of it, and then, and then to myself become the owner of my little world and so that every action I take brings hope and no action I take would I ever seek to 
uh, palm off on somebody uh, saying that they're the one or they know. So I hope this I hope this has been I hope there's been a point of uh, worthy of consideration. And strangely, the task that lies before us or me, unbelievably so or unimaginably so, is to is to help people who cannot feel hope. And for me, oddly enough, Mr. Nobody, to be responsible for the world. It's a great task. It's a great task. And it makes daily life a matter of great interest. Thanks a lot for listening.